Hey, it's Dan. Um, I really don't know how to start this or do this. I probably, I've been over this probably a hundred times about what I was going to say. I, a close friend passed away this weekend and it's really been brutal. Um, I haven't, uh, felt, felt really, haven't been able to focus. Um, it's been, been kind of terrible and I think the uh, uh, the piece of it is that well I, I honestly don't know I just kind of feel all over the place but um, I went back looking through a whole bunch of things uh, in and around uh, and I found this and it's an interview I did um, with my friend Mike Busby and yeah it's just so fast uh, Mike was well, to everyone else, he was Busby. To me, he was Mike. Uh, but he helped me find a place to live um, here in L.A. He helped me, um, w- introduce me to his church and uh, where I've been going for the past five, six years. And it's been really great. And um, he's helped me with my creativity. He's helped with my wife's class. Um, he's actually done a, a master class at my wife's uh uh, choir vocal class, uh, which is wild. I mean, didn't just do it once. He did it twice, two years in a row. Um, super wild, very giving, uh, very straight with you. Um, that is one thing that he will not dance. Um, so that's a, a really fun, good thing in creativity. But, um, I did this interview for a project that didn't get off the ground, uh, that didn't work out, which is okay. Uh, but I just thought it might be interesting for you to hear uh, some of the wisdom from uh, my friend Mike. Uh, So here, so here it is. And we welcome Busby to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, man. Sweet. Well, let's get right into it. Like, so you've been, I mean, your, your, um, your star has been uh, quite shiny of late, if I, if I may be so bold. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about how your because your story is different than a lot of others um in the whole you know climbing and uh striving in the music biz um so can you can you give us kind of the 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 reader's digest condensed version of of how uh things came to be yeah uh as quick as possible i was started taking piano lessons when i was seven my parents insisted that we all do that um i went to a um, small private christian school that happened to have an amazing band program totally random they had no it was just the, the school at our church. It wasn't like one they picked out specifically for that. And there was an amazing band director who was also a third grade teacher who really lit the fire in me with music and really helped um, stoke those flames. And then in high school, same kind of thing. I had some great band directors and got into jazz and trombone and I uh, thought I was going to be a jazz trombone player and actually did that professionally for several years. And then um, this part gets very long and complicated, but the long story short is that I then got into... Um, studio recording i became um an uh, intern through a buddy i'd met on a live it was actually a grateful dead tribute tour i was playing trombone and he was playing percussion and we became buddies and he introduced me to a studio owner and this same guy also sort of taught me how to write pop songs effectively and i got really into songwriting and then uh fast forward you know 15 years later and here i am but moved to la in 2000 as an assistant to a well-known producer, um, assisted another guy for a little bit, then freelanced as a producer, quasi producer and quasi writer at that time, for about five years, and then focused more on writing. So 
Um, I do both. I write and produce. Um, and if it's the right situation, I enjoy both pretty immensely. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's the shortest version of it, I think. Sure. Well, what what do you think is it that like so that that's not? Uh, I I also think it's always funny to to hear these stories because so it all started when I picked up the trombone. Like no yeah. one no one really starts stories that way. So that's yeah. really funny. Because <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. think anybody would would pick that out. Yeah. When they hear your music, they're like, "Well, he's obviously a classically trained trombonist." <laughs> yeah. Not usually what comes first, but it's you know. That's the funny thing. We talk about, uh, friends and I talk about pop music. I have a buddy, um, DJ Frankie, who's a producer, and um, he would be comfortable with me saying this, I'm sure, and he would say it too. He's, he's, he's basically a DJ who knows how to make records. He's not, a, uh, he's not coming from the place of being a player or any of those types of things, and his understanding of theory is all based on feel, basically, as where mine is like, you know, I've totally studied and whatever, and with what we do, it doesn't matter where you come from. It just, you know, which lane you take or path you take to get into the, the game, so to speak. Um, it's literally all about the end result. There's never been a thing of like, well, what college did you go to? No one cares. No one cares if you finished college or high school or anything. Not that I'm saying people shouldn't get educated in one way or the other. It's always helpful. But um, it's literally all about just what the end product is and how that sounds and, and the success of it really often. That's great. Well, what do, what do you think? Um, so so now being in L.A. and, and you know, running around and, and um, teeing things off for, for what's next, I mean, what, what do you think is it if you could go back and give yourself uh, some some advice um, as you were first moving to town, um, as things were starting to change for you, what what do you think that would be? Whether it's uh, work ethic or or what what is it? That, what kind of advice would you give yourself? If I was talking to me, I would say everything's going to be okay. Just keep working hard, <laughs> uh, because it was um, it was it's it's a challenging thing, man. Trying to. Uh, make it in the music industry or any industry really you know it's really sometimes very difficult to break in um and i don't know it's just sometimes somehow if i could have known everything would be fine back then that would have been amazing but it would it would have also been a little too predictable and you know taken away some of the personal growth things i needed to experience um but you know it's there there is it, it would have been nice i gotta be honest to have someone who could see into the future tell me very genuinely, everything's going to be fine, man. Don't worry about it. You're going to be fine, you know, because uh, I worked a lot of years and I'm, I'm grateful I've always been able to make a living. But it's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of lean years and a lot of um, sort of why am I doing this? Is this going anywhere? Is this going to ever become X, Y, or Z, you know? And um, now it's, it's easy to see what we can see now. But then, it, you know, it didn't. It, it all seemed like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to happen? And even now, it just, it's not like I sit around and think, it's happened, I've arrived, I'm there, I'm, I'm set, I'm, it's awesome. You know, no, I don't know anybody who feels arrived because there's always the next challenge and the next plateau to get to or the next, you know, you're only as good as your last hit, they say. And I've experienced that to be pretty accurate. Really? So, so things are different based on how well, a, 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 you know, one of your songs is charting? Uh, it's not that clearly defined. It's more of like, I think a better way to put it is people's perception on your ability to be successful uh. is what affects it, you know? So like if you, you know, if you had done the matrix or something and, and potentially hadn't had a hit since then, you're still the dude who did the matrix. You know what I mean? It's like, you could still get opportunities to do that or whatever. Or if you're the guy who wrote, um, you know, I'm trying to think of a song that was, uh, get, um, that new radical song. 
mm-hmm. get what you give yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's actually written other hits since then, but he's somebody who hasn't had a hit for a while. Uh, but because of the amount of hits he's had, which have been several large hits, and the um, kind of hits he's had, he could potentially pop back into the game at any time. You know, interesting. Yeah, interesting. So, with the with the work with the the work ethic being the the biggest piece, where does where does um I don't know if you want to call it luck, but I always find that there's um, in every success story, really doesn't matter the the profession. It's like I was working hard, I was working hard, and then something happened. Um, whether you know, some call it luck, some call it fate, some call it kismet. You know, just whatever it is. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, somewhat. You know, there's definitely those stories about you know. I think more in the case of like models or actors occasionally where like you were, I was just there and I was, you know, waiting tables at the, you know, polo lounge and, you know, Will Smith came in and thought I had a look he needed for his movie. And that's how I launched my career. I mean, there's always those for sure. And I shouldn't say there are always, there's, there are some of those, but I think by and large, most people, I kind of subscribe to the, I've heard it attributed to a, a golfer saying, you know, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Um, cause someone was like, Oh man, you're so lucky. You always X, Y, or Z. And he just said, well, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And that's been the case. I feel like I was actually just talking to a writer who's signed to me where he's, he's trying to figure out certain things. And it's like, well, dude, you're actually establishing the foundation for what could be a really, uh, long and successful career. You know, he's not just this like flash in the pan kind of guy. He's working really hard and really getting his skills solidified and, and helping develop his sound, you know. So that stuff, it, it's like so many people say it's the 10 year overnight success or whatever. You know, that was true for me too. It was like six years or something. Excuse me. Or let me think. Uh, yeah, I mean, more than that. But since I started riding to when I had my first hit was like three or four years. Um, and you know, I've been, I didn't even sign a publishing deal until I was 30. I'm 38 now. Um, so I mean, I've been working on music professionally in some capacity since I was 18. So 20 years, I guess, sort of not in the same lanes, but you know, there's definitely, there's, I guess there's luck to it, but I think also it's just, you got to sort of put yourself out there and there's the fortunate things that have happened for me is meeting certain people. But it, again, even that wasn't like luck. It was putting myself out there and, and being a people person and meeting a, a writer named Greg Becker, who's based in Nashville, who invited me to come to Nashville and start writing and introduced me to this guy, Daryl Franklin, who is um, publishing partners with Dan Huff. And those guys signed me to a deal. That was like my first deal. Um, and having a champion in those guys was incredibly valuable, especially in those earlier years, you know, um, so I don't know. I mean, there's something to it, but I don't know if it's like luck per se. I'm not trying to minimize that too, because that can be the case, but hasn't been my story. Okay, so so with the with the the work ethic um, piece, what, what other misconceptions do you think there are in terms of um, you know making it? Because um, if if one of it is is you know luck or. or um, I don't know, just, you know, that overnight success and that, that always kills me. Cause it's, it's the, the 20 year overnight success kind of thing. Yeah. Like you finally made it. And then it's, it's really interesting. Cause you talk to the person and they're like, just like you said, it, it there's more of that, um, uh, the next challenge, what, what's up oh, yeah. next. They're still thinking through what, what those, you know, maybe it's only base camp number one and you still got base camp two and the, the peak, you know, in your mind. Uh, so what, what other misconceptions do you think are uh, floating out there? Well, one of the great misconceptions to me of, quote unquote, making it is that there's an it in making it. There's, I mean, there's a there, you know, there's somewhere where, oh, I've made it. 
you know, because I guess technically on paper, I've made it. I'm successful writing songs. You know, I own a house. I can support my family. All the whatever things that people seem to think are important. Um, but I don't feel any... Well, I shouldn't say it quite like that. I, I was going to say I don't feel any more like I've made it than I before I had any success. That's not fully true. I definitely know there's a certain amount of success that has helped solidify things and have given me more opportunities. But I don't feel arrived. I don't feel like oh, it's all it's there. It's sorted. You know, I'm I'm fine. It's like well, no. When's the next hit? Where is that coming from? What's the next thing I'm doing that's going to um, continue to push the story forward? You know. So and with what I do. Like a lot of people in the entertainment industry, it's a lot of speculative work. So, you know, I write tons of songs a year and a small percentage of those songs will go on to do something commercially viable and generate income of some variety. Um, and so it's, it can be a bit nerve wracking, you know, um, compared to movie making, it's a little, it's a little bit um, less nerve wracking, I think, even though I'm not a movie maker um, per se, <laughs> uh, it's, it's less nerve wracking because I can like write a song a day or two songs a day or a song every other day as where like writing a script can be very involved, you know, and making a movie is obviously incredibly involved. So to that end, I'm grateful for the sort of pattern or rhythm of um, the creative process because it's, you know, I have a lot more sort of chips on the table, so to speak. Um, but the payoffs are different. If you have a huge successful movie versus a huge successful song, it's kind of night and day. But um, I don't, I, one of my favorite quotes is, there is no there there. I think so many people like just sort of think they're at some point in life, whatever it is, I'm going to arrive and I'm going to feel like, x y or z you know i thought i'd feel like an adult when i was married i didn't I thought i'd feel like an adult when i had kids i didn't i thought i'd feel like an adult when i bought a house i didn't <laughs> none of these things have made me feel like oh it's solidified i'm there i'm an adult i'm officially a grown-up you know i have all kinds of bills responsibilities insurance you know uh, tons of insurance realities and blah 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 none of that stuff has like made me feel i still feel like an 18 year old kid making music in my bedroom basically you know um it's different of course but it's i don't know life is weird like that yeah well let's well let's talk about the rhythms can can you kind of walk me through like what's a pretty normal rhythm is there is there a um even in the in your life specifically um going a little further than just your day-to-day -day and how your day is set up but are there just seasons where you find you're writing more or that that work more because i know there's like award season and there's some other things and that just kind of tend to go through all of entertainment but is there is there a time of year that you i don't are, are inspired more than maybe another in terms of rhythms throughout your year uh the, the yeah i don't know it's funny man i've been thinking about this stuff a lot because i i it's not that i don't believe in writer's block but i i kind of subscribe more to the theory of I, I watched this documentary i totally forgot what it was called but it was about this photographer who had passed away at a young age and it was about her and her family and there's like some mystery around her death so it was this really fascinating documentary but her parents are both um like uber creatives like they just they live to create almost um and her dad both were visual visual artist painters and her father said um in regards to writer's block he said um when i don't feel creative i just show up to the studio and i sharp sharpen pencils until i feel creative um and i sort of take it a little bit more like that especially with what i do i'm you know being a professional songwriter is more akin to like um being a, a craftsman or something like you show up and you you um you make you know handcrafted desks every day or handcrafted cabinets or whatever and it's not that there's no art to it there totally is but i'm not um 
an artist in the sense of, you know, a Bruce Springsteen or somebody, I can imagine he doesn't sit down and write a song every day. He, you know, probably sets aside, aside time, but he also writes just kind of whatever he's feeling in the moment and whatever. And a lot of those types of artists, that's, that's how it works. But with what I do, I'm there to um, write songs that other people can possibly sing. I'm there to help other artists um, find uh, their songs and, and really kind of be the craftsman behind that. Not that they aren't craftsmen, but be the, the person who really understands the mechanics and all of that kind of stuff so that they can really be inspired. Of course, I have to get inspired as well. And sometimes I feel more inspired than others. And some of that can just be like, I'm tired or, you know, it's been a really long week or whatever it is, you know, um, with regards to the rhythm of when we're, we're, you know, working more than others, our award season is, it's more like a day here, a day there, like Grammys, that'll be a weekend thing in February. And then the ASCAPs are usually in a April and, um, BMIs are in May, but those are just like a one day, one evening thing. So it doesn't take up a ton of time. And then over the holidays, at least in country music, um, uh, August and all over Christmas, or basically around Thanksgiving, things start to get dicey <laughs> in Nashville. People are less reliable as far as co-writes and stuff because the holidays, which is understandable, people go away for the holidays. And over Christmas, some people disappear three, four weeks, whatever. And then it co comes back hard again in um, January. And then again, August, they disappear because it's really hot. The same is true in pop, except for the summer thing. And then even over the holidays, sometimes people are working. It just depends, man. Um, it's, it's a lot more structured in, in, in country music towards the, the family environment. Pop is way more like, you know, structured toward the single person environment as far as the creative types. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, uh, specifically let's, let's, um, drill down just a smidge in terms of, um, creativity and, and fear. Um, this is always a, a fun, a fun topic because everybody seems to deal with it and deals with it in different ways. And, I found, you know, uh, very successful people that the fear is very real and they battle it every day, um, maybe even more than I do uh, kind of thing. Where do you where do you find the, the fear for a lot of musicians, not necessarily personally, but but more how, how do you what would be your advice that you would give to uh, someone who's, you know, um, insecure, feeling the fear about releasing a song or or, you know, just that maybe you know, just too harsh for critics or, or that kind of thing. Cause when you put your stuff out there, it's out there. Right. And, yeah. and, um, yeah, I'm just, just curious to see what you think. I think sometimes people get a little too precious with art. Um, and by that, I mean, like, I think art is an amazing gift. I think it's, um, it is somewhat of a sacred thing, but at the same time, it's just music. In my case, it's just a movie In someone else's case, it's just a piece of visual art. You know, it's, I think it, when we get really possessive of it or really um, put too much weight on it, that's when it can kind of become this whole other thing, you know. And it's hard because this the art that I make is a reflection of me. It's, you know, it's, I don't like, you know, I mean, a buddy of mine works in finance and real estate. He he doesn't feel his work is, other than the quality of his work, his work is not a reflection of him as a person. He, you know, the way he looks at it, I'm using his words, not mine, would be, you know, I'm going to do it or someone else is going to do it. They just need it done, whatever it is, you know. Um, in my case, it's like, yeah, they need songs, but there's something to the songs that I write that some people like and some people want that. And, um, you know, so it's it's more of a reflection of who I am. And so the tendency to be, to feel rejected is much higher because, you know, you feel like you, 
I feel like I'm putting my own self out there, not just these songs that I'm not attached to. You know, it's like I poured my heart into those songs or worked really hard or whatever the case may be. And then someone's like, eh, don't like it. It's too this or it's too that. And you just feel, you can potentially feel crushed. So, um, again, with what I do, there's a lot more chips on the table. So I, I sort of think of it in that regard of like, well, if they don't like that one, maybe I'll write another one or maybe they like this one or whatever. Um, and sometimes the fear in the creative process can just be, um, fear that you're going to fail, whatever that means, or fear that you're not going to succeed, which sound like the same thing, but I think they're a little bit different. Um, and you know, someone like myself, I've had a measure of success. I think the fear constantly is like, well, where's the next one going to come from? When is that going to happen? Or when is, you know, how are we going to string enough of these together to have a sustainable career over 10 or 20 years or whatever, you know? Um, and I've just found you put your head down and you work hard and you try to be as strategic as you can whilst being a good person and hopefully writing good music and you wake up and you have a career. That's been my reality. It, that sounds really easy. It's not easy, but it is an easy concept to sort of communicate, you know, it's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. Well, specifically then how do we, um, if we can jump into just how you actually build build songs do you do you have any specific advice um do you start with like a chorus first or where do you where do you tend to begin is it a melody that you like you wake up from a dream and you're like oh i need to write the song or is it or is it is it a little more um you know instead of lightning it's a, it's a little more like sifting through the coal for a bit it's all of that like literally you know i wrote this song try for pink and um i woke up literally with 95 percent of that chorus in my head um, and then grabbed my phone and recorded it and worked on it for five minutes and finished the chorus. And then my buddy Ben and I wrote that rest of that song together. Um, that's like the most extreme rare case of that kind of thing. I don't have a lot of that going on. I'm more, more often than not, I'm showing up and just, you know, mining the coal, so to speak, um, to use the terminology used. And that can start anyway. I mean, this week, um, Monday, I was with a buddy of mine who's an amazingly brilliant artist and producer and writer. And we were, I was there to write, but he actually wanted to play me some other stuff because I, I love listening to his stuff and he likes me to um, give him feedback on things and, you know, if, if things feel right or whatever, just another set of ears. And there was this one song that I really loved, but I just felt like it needed some work. And so I threw out some ideas and he really liked that. So I'm involved on that song from, a, I mean, I didn't write the lyrics or what I, I basically came in at the end and helped tweak things and whatever. So that's one way of being involved. It's not as common, but it's something else I do from time to time. Um, another way I wrote this week was that I got put in with these guys who had done one of the Beyonce's Grammy winning songs and they're track guys. And so they had a bunch of tracks and I listened to some and I really liked one and I wrote a song to their track while we were all in the room. Um, and then the next day I was with a buddy of mine. We're both songwriters. I also produce, as I said. And so I just pulled up a 808 sound and started playing a little riff and he liked that. And then I added some other stuff on top of it. Then we start riffing and singing on top of that. And then this concept just came out and was like, oh, that sounds like a cool phrase. What does it mean? And it's this. And next thing you know, you're writing the song, you know, um, it's kind of like basically songwriting from my experience is 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 professional improvising basically you know you're not it's not performance based improvisation but it's like it's basically brainstorming you know it's not that much different than if you or i were going to sit in a room if we're going to like start a new business how do we let's sit around and talk about the concepts and at the end of a three or four or five hour period we have a business plan that would that's sort of like what songwriting is like kind of <laughs> 
Now, do you think about like your audience first when you you start doing that, or is it just totally like um, just stuff you already know and you're not even thinking about? It? You're just like, what is sound? What sounds good to me? And then you kind of go, or do you build? Do you think about? Well, they're kind of they're kind of um, intrinsically linked. You know, okay. it's like I'm not I'm not some random guy in my my grandma's attic writing songs about you know purple cars because that's what i'm passionate about i'm i'm writing songs that i like hopefully and i'm passionate about um that are uh commercially viable hopefully you know songs that could potentially work on radio so i'm listening to radio constantly i genuinely like radio that's not a chore for me um i know some people aren't into radio that's that's actually something i should mention if you're not into radio you should not be trying to write hit songs if you want to write hit songs you either have to be into radio or get into radio um, what or hits hit music specifically, you know, because a lot of people sort of have this like, oh man, hits or whatever. Okay, cool, no problem. <laughs> I'm I'm not like that. I never been like that. Never have been like that. I've always liked hits, not just hits, but I've always really liked hit songs. And I think that hunger for listening to hits, finding out what makes them a hit, that's a huge part of what we do. You know, we're trying to make hit songs. It's not just let me write a song today. Um, Equally, I, some people do that more mathematically than others. I'm not as mathematic as some people may be. And I'm not saying that's a, a better thing than the people who are more, more mathematic. It's not. It's just the approach that I have isn't as mathematic. Um, it's kind of more heartfelt mixed with an awareness of radio. Um, and if I, I can honestly tell you, like, I haven't genuinely not made a song, and I can't tell you how long, where I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, I don't really like this. Like, if I don't like it, I'm just not going to do it. You know, um, and it's not even that it's not even that big of a deal. It's not like I'm being rebellious or stamping my feet. We just whoever's in the room, we all have to like it. You know, we all have to think this is dope. Like if we don't think it's dope, no one else is going to think it's dope. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Now, um, how how did you like I mean, with the the initial like work work ethic piece, how much music were you playing like per day? Like even just getting started, because you probably my guess was you had a part time job doing something else. Like how far back are you talking? Well, just like just moving into town. In, into well, I'm, when I moved to town, I had a job working as an assistant to a producer, so it was in the music industry, um, which was a bit of a double-edged sword. I mean, it's ultimately proven to be a wonderful thing because he's he's a friend still and um, and an amazingly gifted guy. So it's been incredible to maintain that friendship for 15 years. But um, it was also at the time a bit torturous for me because here I am like have a dream situation where I literally get to sit with one of the best producers in the world and be his assistant and watch him work and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and he would even let me do stuff on my own and the, the B room and everything, but it wasn't like I had a ton of time freedom to do a bunch of stuff because we were very busy working on his thing, which is understandable. That's what he hired me for. But it was, it was that thing where it's like, I'm so close to creating, but I'm not able to create, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty much I've, I've made music as my main job for like, a long time i haven't always like made good money doing it you know in the early days i was playing trombone and you could do the math how much that paid mm. um <laughs> the, all those trombone albums out there yeah just huge floating around. you but know we, and i have i have several friends who do you know do well as trombone players a lot of them also teach and are composers and all other kind of things all of which is amazing i just knew for me i didn't want to be a teacher you know in a traditional sense um and i don't want to do a bunch of touring um so i took a different path you know? yeah, but but in terms of habits, was it like you'd work all day and then in the evening, you know, you would you would uh, or late evening kind of thing if it, it was a long day or, or however that worked that you'd be then um, uh, composing on your own. You'd be playing. You'd be sharpening your skills. How? how yeah, how I was just work? always making music. It's just a part of who I am. You know, it wasn't like I don't know. I'm just a wired to be a hardworking dude, and I 
love music and I think about music a lot, you know? So it, it, it's hard. To, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. It's just kind of like what I've always done pretty much. You know, it's not like I had to sort of get systematic about how I approach. I just do, I just make music. I can tell you when people are like, you know, I'm like, how, you know, how they're like, how to become a songwriter. I'm like, write songs. They're like, I've written like 500 songs. How many of those are finished? I'm like 10. They're not songs there. Like they're not songs. The ideas are not songs. Finish, write songs, and throw away. Throw them away. Write a great one or write one. If it's if your friends don't respond and your your family, the the the, the, the real harsh critics of the of the friends and family, not your mom, but like if they if they don't think it's amazing, um, then toss it away. Write another one. If they do think it's amazing, get twenty of those together. Then go to someone who you have access to who has a better sensibility than just your friends and family. Have them whittle down to the two or three that are really amazing of that batch and figure out what you, what made those amazing, and then try to do that again. You know, it's not it's not that much different than anything else. It's like how do you become a great uh, pole vaulter? You show up and you pole vault all the time. Like it's, I mean, you know, you have a you have a you have a coach. You have other people on your team who you can be competitive with and grow and learn from. And like, I mean, it's not much different than that, you know. Mm-hmm. So th- it's it's all about. Do you, did you find it just consuming different music? Muscles, just different muscles. Sure, sure, sure. But did you find that just music was all consuming? It was just on your brain. It was you know, just everywhere, and it was just a run as fast as you can down that road. Um. Yeah, effectively. I just have known from a young age that I wanted to make music and and I just have. I've just gotten about it. There was really not much, you know, hey, it'd be really cool. I didn't I didn't feel like somebody needed to give me permission. Again, I don't mean that in any like weird rebellious or like F you kind of way. It was just I didn't feel like I needed permission. I just did it. That's what we do. You make music, you know. And then when I sort of learned more realized you can make a living doing it, it was like, like wow. Um kind of a trip. No, that's great. That's great. Do we have a do we have a latency, like a big? A latency? little bit, a little bit. It's not too bad. Okay, cool. It's not too bad. Uh, so ramble, 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 and then <laughs> you'll like it'll take like it's like we're on the news. It'll take several yeah. minutes. For, oh, uh, thanks, Kathy. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. What do you think about where? Do, where do you think social media? I mean, social media is such a big factor, but do does social media really influence? Uh, or gain attention do you feel like because i feel like it's done for some but i i think that's been more the exception than the rule um i think it'd be helpful i'm not a big social media guy in general i love technology i'm not it's not like i'm afraid of it or anything i just don't really like the rhythm of it all and it kind of is a double-edged sword um but i know people who kind of like could have gotten people's attention by you know tweeting them um to my knowledge, and I'm sort of bastardizing this story, so forgive me, but um, Dr. Luke, who's one of the biggest producer writers in our industry, his right hand is this guy who goes by Circuit, who um, somehow Luke found on the internet, or he, he did, I think he did a, Circuit did a remix of one of the Britney Spears songs and like tweeted, hey Luke, you should check this out, and Luke checked it out, and fast forward, and he's been involved on like most of Luke's hits for the last three, four, five years. Like, you know, so those type, and that's like, that's basically pop music at the highest level, you know, it's like, and he's become his like right hand programmer, co-producer, whatever. Um, so things like that can totally happen, but it surely wasn't just because he tweeted him. Right. It's know? because he put the hours in and made well, a he, had the, he had amazing work, you know, yeah. amazing songs, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think t- tweeting is just a new version of like running into Dr. Luke at the, 
the polo lounge and handing him your CD. And if he actually listened to it, you know, and it was really good, he would, same exact effect. It's just more immediate and easier. Now, was there a time where you ever put out like kind of the fleece idea? Like if I'm not by here by then, I need to give this up or I need to Did you ever do anything like that? Um, not that clearly defined. It definitely, I had several junctures in my life when I was feeling like behind, so to speak, but word of encouragement to those, um, that stuff can change on a dime. Like, you know, my life change has changed pretty rapidly several junctures over the last, um, five, six, seven years. Um, I met my wife and got married and that happened in about a six month period. Um, you know, had my first hit a few years after signing my first publishing deal and which opened a lot of doors and it's been basically a steady run since then, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's, I think it's less of how long is it taking and more looking at like, as long as people around me who I know, know what they're talking about, believe that I am a viable force in this this business then then that makes sense to me you know i mean i don't even think about it in that way but back then that's kind of what it felt like people who i was around who had had a bunch of success really believed in what i was capable of doing and so that was more important than like well in five years if it's not happening you know it was more of like as long as i feel like i'm growing and this is actually headed towards something even at times when i couldn't see where it was going other people just so many people were just going there's something here keep going you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we've talked about a couple times uh, this idea of that good is zero. Yeah. And um, can you just I, I would love for just everybody to hear that because I, I just I think it's it's been so drastic for me, um, and just helping to bring things kind of in perspective, uh, as especially when it's not necessarily competing uh, with other creatives, but just working in the kind of swimming in a large a large ocean of other creatives uh can you tell me what what good is zero uh, is all about yeah to me it's the idea that it ha it's a given that whatever you're doing has to be good um good's not even good enough so that's basically where it starts um you know i think i, I remember back when i first started recording um my voice as like a background and I stacked a whole bunch of things and I used a really nice mic and it was like, I was so enamored with how it sounded like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. And it was really just some simple background part on some not very good song or whatever. But, um, it was really just incredible to feel like, Oh my gosh, I've, I'm, I made this, these backgrounds sound like this or nowadays I made this record and it's like, well, yeah, okay. A lot of people can make a record. Is it truly great? You know, that's that's what you really need, because um, at least in, in my field, and it's probably the same in most fields. There's definitely exceptions, but this this is the Olympics. This isn't this isn't college track. This is not high school track. This is the Olympics, and I'm competing with really fast, very capable runners, so to speak, metaphorically. Um, and so, it, some of us seem to get enamored by the reality that we have running shoes and we know how to run around the track one time or whatever. And it's like, well, that's that's a given, you know. Um, it's a given that you can run a certain speed or it's given that you can write a certain kind of quality of song, excuse me, or, or, or write a great script or whatever it is you do as a creative. Um, you know, you're not compete. I'm not competing with, um, the, the college kid down the road to write songs. I'm competing with the Steven Spielbergs of the music industry. That's who my competition is. So great is really all that matters. Good, good isn't even in the conversation, you know? And what, what are the rhythms in your day that make sure that you're, is there anything that you do in your day to make sure, uh, or would ensure, uh, when you're 
you know, maybe starting out, um, that, that good was a given and great was something we were working towards every day? Um, I think it's being aware of what's really out there and who the competition is and how good, how I shouldn't use, I should use the right words, how great their great work is. So, um, I think it's easier to be, it's kind of like the big fish in a small pond concept, mm -hmm. you know, um, good is a big fish in a small pond, basically great is, you know, surviving in the big pond, um, and actually thriving more specifically. So, um, you know, I get inspired constantly if I feel like I'm getting my buck kicked. So if I, and if I'm in Nashville, I hear a rider's round with some of these riders out there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that song's amazing, or that person's voice, oh my gosh, or you know, I hear a record, you know, some pop record somebody did with an insane track or a, an incredible lyric, or you know, it's it's just it, what what we do as songwriters and producers, it's so detailed and it's very hard. I'm not like just saying this to humor. This isn't like, you know, uh, Wizard of Oz, don't look behind the curtain. It is genuinely very, very hard, uh, more often than not, to, to make a hit record or to, to write a really good song and produce a really good song. So when you hear that stuff that's done really, really well, it's, it's inspiring. Um, and it helps me feel like, yes, I, I have to be going for great every day, you know? It's not good enough to just put out something good. It doesn't matter. It's not going to compete. Great. Um, what would you... Uh, okay, we've gone through a lot of my questions. That's so great. Thank you. Boxers. But that, yeah, that was definitely next, right after. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to know. <laughs> I, think, um, I think the big thing right now would be, what is there... I don't know because thirty-eight. We're at thirty-eight minutes ish, um, which is good. That's pretty fantastic. Is there, yeah. uh, in terms of in terms of marketing um, and and getting your stuff to, you know into someone's hands, um, and you you do, is it a case like like I know with filmmaking, it's you have to live in New York or L.A. to really, or maybe even Atlanta right now because Atlanta's doing fantastic to really uh, bust in, uh, because there's so much stuff happening. Do you feel that's the same way with, with music? Are there certain places where you need to be, whether it's New York or Nashville or here in Los Angeles? Is, is it the same kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. And there's basically two places for the most part, LA for commercial music, um, and Nashville for country or Christian music. Typically, um, Nashville's actually kind of oddly becoming one of the centers for more rock as well, because, um, New York kind of used to be that, um, but it's gotten so expensive to live in New York, and Nashville's actually been growing so much as a town, and, and the culture is really evolving. So it's becoming way appealing for a lot of people who live in New York, who, you know, rock bands and whatever, to move down to Nashville. You know, Jack White lives there now, um, Black Keys live there. You know, there's just definitely a lot of great um, music going on in Nashville besides just the country music and the Christian music. Atlanta is still a viable player for the urban music. But most people I know, man, who are like, you know, making pop or country have to go to one of those places, you know, either fairly regularly or um, live in one of those places, you know, um, almost without exception. I would say 90, 90 plus percent of the music makers in each of those genres live in those towns. Great now, and because you even yourself, you you will oscillate. Yeah, I, I go back to Nashville quite a bit. Um, it, you know, I'm looking at the long term play there, and I really, really, really enjoy that community creatively and otherwise. So it's um, it's not a chore to begin with, but it's also um, it's it's creatively life giving for me too to be able to um, go between both worlds. And um, it's not like I get bored with one or the other, but it, it just keeps things interesting. <laughs> 
um, let's say that. Okay. Now, now you've you've referred to putting yourself out there a couple times throughout this. How does that? What does that look like? Um, is it is it different for everyone, or do you think in terms of putting yourself out there, there's like a, a pretty typical road to go down? I don't think there is. Um, there's some, when I think about putting yourself out there, there's the phrase everyone uses, which is it's all it's who, it's who you know. And, you know, there's definitely truth to that phrase, but I like to flip it, and this, I think, is an important delineation, which is it's who knows about you. So if you take what I do, there might be some kid in Iowa City who's an incredible writer-producer who I would love to sign to a deal. I would love to develop them, um, help them have hit songs, and publish them. And um, if I don't know they exist, I have no idea about signing them. I have no, I didn't know that I could sign them because I didn't know they existed, you know? So it's almost like the me side of it or whoever's given the opportunity, um, to the person who's looking for the opportunity. It's like, if I don't know someone exists, they can't give me an opportunity. If, if Dan Hoff and Daryl Franklin didn't know that I existed, they couldn't have signed me, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and so as the point is, how do I make sure that people who I want to do work with know I exist? You know, and it, a lot of that comes down to the work you do. More often than not, it's like someone, so, someone goes, hey, you should work with Busby. And they're like, they either know who I am and they know what I've done, or the next question is, what has he done? And then you go, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and they go, oh, I like those records. I like those songs. Of course, let's work with them. Or, no, I don't like those songs. I don't want to work with them. <laughs> you know, whatever it may be. It's, it's usually based on the quality of work that you do, whether that work is a hit and is known or in the case of circuit when dr luke first found his thing it was a remix that um to my knowledge didn't really have much commercial viability relatively speaking it was just a remix that he did and he posted online and luke heard it and freaked out that's great so so in terms of um you don't recommend like setting glitter bombs or anything in the mail uh, <laughs> no. so that you're remembered but just not necessarily positively um no not at all and i, I honestly i think the hard part that we all face, um, especially I think in the film industry in LA, but I think in general for all of us, there's so, so infrequently is it the case where I've had friends multiple times hit me up and go, Hey, I just heard a band in San Francisco or I'm my friend's cousins, whatever does this music. Or, you know, my wife hit me up and her friend wanted me to listen to their music. And it was like, it's just usually is not very good. And I don't mean that in any rude way. It's just statistically true like you know more often than not people hit you up and the quality of the product is not that great the good news there is if what you do is great it will stand out like a sore thumb that's just all there is to it if you think what you're doing is really great and people aren't responding it may not be really great so it isn't necessarily like well because there, there is a but there is a certain part of like you can't listen to everybody but at the same time you need to listen to everybody right in terms of like don't listen to when people say you can't make it, you can't make it. You have to be like, well, I'm just going to make it. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's listening to the right somebody's, mm -hmm. you know, again. And, you know, this is this none of this is cut and dried, which is makes no. it all the more difficult. But I had enough people like early on um, my band directors who uh, had enough of a sensibility of what good was in the grander scheme of things encouraged me to go on to study jazz in college. And then the people I worked with in college were all professional jazz musicians my professors there and they really believed in what I was doing so it's like that was that context and then I met this guy John Bendich who was the one who really helped me learn how to write songs and you know he came up in the industry his dad's a lawyer um, and used to be part of the fantasy um, records empire and so John grew up around that whole thing and has a total 
point of reference for what quality is and is a great songwriter himself. So when someone like that believes in you and tells you, dude, you're doing great stuff, and then, you know, it's just, it, it, it would be the next person I would meet, not every person, but there was all, there was just a constant like, oh, okay, this person has this sort of pedigree and context for their opinion. It's not like my mom thought it was great, which she of course did and always does, and all moms think all their kids are great, typically. But, um, there was people who had a context who were who shared belief in what I was doing and the quality of it. You know, it wasn't like everybody in my life is telling me I wasn't going to make it, and I was like, "Screw you!" and I made it. See, <laughs> no, there was enough people in my life who really knew what they were talking about um, for a myriad of reasons who were expressing belief in what I was doing, and that helped me continue to to forge the path. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it's just uh, there are a lot of people who are just trying to do the singing route because of, you know, shows that have gotten more popular on TV, you know, The Voice and American Idol and so many different options now. Do you think it's it's is it just is it fine to just be a singer or is it something like if you don't know music, you need to be able to write stuff. You need to be able to know, understand music. So if you if you're not there, you need to be learning. You need to be pushing yourself because it just it increases your odds. Do you think it's, it's something like that? Um, I think anything that could make you less dependent on other people to have success is helpful. Um, so if you can write your own songs, that's helpful. Um, if you can produce your own music, that's helpful. Um, you know, anything that makes you less dependent on other people, not that dependency on other people is bad. It's just that it makes you dependent on them and their sort of ebbs and flows. So if you're in a season where you haven't had success yet and you're dependent on other people to help you have success, that that's a little more complicated, excuse me, then I'm going to just write and produce my own music and I don't need anybody else. I can sing, I can write, I can produce, I can mix, I can whatever, you know, I'm not saying I can do all those things per se, but I'm saying if somebody can, you know, mm-hmm. um, having said that, I'm also a big fan of statistics. So, um, I'm looking at the top 10 right now on the charts and with just a few exceptions, um, every artist was involved in the writing of those songs. At some level. Sorry, I'm looking at the top 20 now. Yeah. So if you so, look at statistics. So do you think it's, is it 80%, 90%? 90. Wow. Okay. And to be fair, some of these people, it's a little bit more of a, um, you know, they just so happen to put their name on the record and yada, yada, yada. Not, you know. But yeah. um, more often than not, it looks from what I can tell by the songs, and I know most of these songs, the artist was involved in some level on the creating of the song. Great. Yeah. Now, do you um, specifically when you're working with with larger stars and, and writing writing songs? Because sometimes I know you get you get contacted and it's like, hey, we want to write a song together. We want to get something out there based on, like you said, we've heard your previous work. We like it. Want to put something together uh, for this new album? Do you do you like that more? Do you like that less? Is that easier? Is that harder? How does it how does it factor in? More or less than what? Like, uh, you know, writing by yourself, working on something by yourself, and then the collaboration. Um, well, I love collaborate. I almost always collaborate. Um, it's a lot less stressful when you're not writing with a big artist um, in the room the day of, just because potential pressure. But at the same time, this is what I do for a living, so it's kind of used to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just sort of hanging out with some of your friends who are writers who you've known for a while, and, you know, you guys just like writing together, it can be more comfortable because... There's there's sort of less um, less hullabaloo around the process, you know. Artists very understandably are super busy. Typically, there's a lot going on. They're being pulled in a lot of directions. Um, not to say that 
you know, non-artist writers like myself aren't busy, but it's a different kind of busy. Um, and so when you can just sort of hang out with your friends and um, write a song that you want to write based on whatever you're feeling, that's that's pretty awesome too, you know. Um, is there anything else that, that we haven't covered that you, you're like, man, it's I, again, it's this is such a big reality in music today and we haven't talked about it? It's such, I don't know, man, it's such a complex world. I think it's... Um, uh, everything that's been true for years and years and years is still true like network um, make great music to begin with make great product whatever it is that you're you're doing don't forget that we are in a commercial industry this is not just you know I'm I'm making something because this is, this is what I want to do and no one likes it well if no one likes it there's probably a reason you know it's either not good or it's not what people want at that point um, equally don't just turn on a dime and um, create something because you think people will like it. You you got to sort of find what it is that you really enjoy and what it is that makes you unique and makes your your art uh, just a, even a bit different than the next person's thing, you know. Um, and then just really really work hard. I mean, all this again, all this stuff is almost cliche at this point, but there is no short circuiting it. Um, I wish there was a secret. Um, I can say one interesting thing that I wish people would have told me early on is. Um, at this point, I've been very fortunate to write with some, work with some very big artists and and incredibly successful writers and whatever. Never once have I been in a room with somebody where I'm like, oh, that's how they do it. This tr this trick or that trick or whatever. It's always just talented people working hard. That's I mean, that's literally it. You know, there's no secret. There's no like, if I could only figure out how to blah blah blah. There is no, there is no blah blah blah. Just continue to grow and shape your talents, and continue to work very hard. Be as strategic as you can. Be as easy to work with. I, I heard a John Bryan interview from years ago the other day when I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos, and some the interviewer asked him like, "How do you get your work?" And he said, "It's really easy. Someone's almost always somebody's heard something you've done, or someone else has recommended you based on something you've done, and that's how you get hired. And then you get called back by being." by doing good work and being nice and easy to work with. It's like, there you go. Very simple. Not yep. necessarily easy, though. No, but like a lot of the big, big things in life, that's often the case. <laughs> right. Well, Busby, thank you so much for um, for, for spending some time with us and, and uh, giving us the lowdown. My pleasure, man. Anytime. And that's Busby. Always checking in. Just, just giving. I just... I don't think I can express all the thoughts that I have, but um, what I will say is that uh, he's pretty right on uh, what to do. Get out there, make stuff, listen to the right people, uh, get past your fear, and uh, do the work. That's really what I'm coming away from um, our time together um, on this earth. Uh, the other part is that life is very short. Hug the people you love. Tell the people that you that are around you that you love them. Don't wait. Don't wait on anything. Just go as fast as you can and apologize when you need to. Um, yeah, that's it for us this week. On behalf of the cast of thousands, my name's Dan. Have a great one and be safe. Thanks, Mike.